Hi, welcome to the very final episode of my podcast. I hope you enjoy and you learn something new. Um, Once again, I'd like to remind you to fill out the feedback form after you finish listening. Thank you. So before we start, could you um, tell us a bit about yourself and and the different, different businesses that you're part of? Sure. Uh, so, my name is Amit. I'm from Bangalore, India. I did my master's in Melbourne, Australia, uh, specializing in hospitality and tourism. I worked and ran a couple of bars and restaurants in Australia before I moved to India. And I joined my family business. Our family business is of supplying hotel equipment, hospitality equipment to yeah. the F&B industry across India. So. We supply to cafes, to restaurants, to hotels. So, uh, for example, in McDonald's, KFC is a client of mine. So, you know, you find that in restaurants as well. And post that, I decided to start my own company called Think Tank, mm-hmm. which is an FMB consulting firm where we do turnkey consulting for the hospitality industry. And we have set up over 190 bars and restaurants across the country in the last decade. Oh, yeah. And uh, to name a few, like Sky, which is amongst the top three bars in the country. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, was one of our projects. To the Beer Club. We also had uh, clients like Google and Tesco for whom we have designed their kitchens and uh, menus. And uh, then about six years ago, I decided to plunge into becoming a restaurateur myself and I started uh, the first outlet called Watson's with a few friends of mine and uh, today we own six outlets of Watson's and three hotels so, and apart from that I have a couple of other ventures as well which is into uh, again parks and restaurants we have some uh, QSRs and tech parks and we also have a local food restaurant called the Royal Military Canteen, which uh, serves your local Karnataka style food, non veg, predominantly non veg. And uh, that's the last outlet that we opened, yes. And so, like, you know, you're obviously very well versed with many different, like, local restaurants and bars across, like, India. Can you explain, like, how they were affected in, like, the initial phases of the shutdowns? So, see, the initial lockdown for the first couple of weeks was just a complete lockdown. And unfortunately, in India, it's, it was at the financial year end because we end our year at March 31st. Yeah. So, the cash flow was really hit and our statutory compliances were affected drastically because, you know, you have to pay your taxes, you have to pay your outstandings. Yeah. Um, and the first, uh, you know, the whole the first lockdown was two weeks. So, Everyone was like, you know, how do we get over the loss for two weeks? And then when it got extended and extended, that's when things got worse because, you know, we were not even allowed to open our outlets to cook food for the staff. Yeah. So we hadn't fired any of our employees. They were still, they were still working and, uh, we couldn't even organize their meals for them because they we provide them accommodation, and most of these accommodations don't have kitchens, right? It's just a, it's like a dormitory. Yeah. So uh, 
government didn't allow us to open our own outlets to cook food and serve our own staff. That was one of the biggest uh, yeah. hits that we took. Uh, and then to add fuel to the fire, there was literally zero support to the hospitality industry from this government yeah. in India. And uh, including the fact that, forget the support, they in fact charged us all our taxes and all our licenses at full price. Oh, wow. We haven't gotten yeah. any relief on that as well. So even though my place is shut, even though I'm not doing any business, mm-hmm. I'm still paying full license fees and full taxes yeah. for it. And like, so that really threw things way out of gear for us. Next. Yeah, so that, that was actually my next question about like what kind of, what the government support looked like in India during the shutdowns. Because I know here in the U.S. there was, couple of packages for small businesses but obviously over over there was, yeah, zero for hospitality yeah. yeah absolutely none and so what were like when you started like after like some some portion of like the lockdown was eased what were like the biggest challenges when like trying to reopen so when we reopened the biggest first challenge was staff Right, getting yeah. staff was yeah. our biggest issue, and then the second thing was that uh, you know, uh, like I said, landlords, rentals, no support from government. We can't take bank loans. Mm-hmm. We can't take. You know, banks are not supporting us. And then the biggest challenge was that you know, since the places were completely shut for the last three months, when we entered, yeah, we didn't we didn't even know how to you know like. Food spoilers. Literally, we had to throw out food, which yeah. you know, could have helped yeah. the hungry people because it was spoiled rotten. Um, the equipment, some of them were badly uh, damaged because we have not switched on the AC for a few months. Yeah, There's yeah. rodents, you know, uh, yeah. rodent damage all over. So, a lot of those things. Uh, to, so, just to reopen the outlet, we still had to pump in a lot of money to exactly. get the place to a yeah, working, so, you know, working yeah. properly. And uh, did you have to make, like, a lot of, like, changes into kind of, like, the services that were offered? I think you mentioned, like, there were, like, some kind of, like, bar outlets and all that. How, like, how did it kind of affect, like, your services? Yeah, so we had to, to change drastically in terms of we were allowed to only operate at 50% capacity. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we had to space the places out Then we had to do complete staff training on hygiene and uh, sanitization and uh, you know also apart from that we have to distance the tables we have to move some furniture out uh, set up SOPs in place take down people's contact details take down their names numbers temperatures you know the whole the rigmarole was completely different yeah and being serious we had to train every single staff uh, on this as well so that you know everything is smooth for them and they also understand the seriousness of the matter situation yeah and uh you mentioned like you're part of like a consultancy group and like the nri and all that that support like other small business and restaurants what are like kind of like the biggest their biggest needs at the moment like what are the biggest ways in which you've been trying to support them at the moment so with nri what we have done is uh, we ran a feed the needy program during lockdown yeah and we uh, fed close to about seven and a half million people. Wow, yeah, that's it. And uh, apart from that, uh, with a couple of the uh, big boys, uh, we've got support and we got uh, 
groceries and ration for close to a couple of million people across in the industry, a couple of million staff. So we got them rations and groceries. And apart from that, right now, NRI's biggest biggest initiative or biggest challenge, the way you look at it, uh, is two things. One is that uh, we want to make sure that, you know, these government policies and rules and licenses and extra fees become a little bit more uh, relaxed and they understand the pandemic that's going on. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, make it clear. And the other point being is that, you know, with our staff, we don't want to uh, disrupt our staff and try and keep as many on board. And obviously, you know, if we can't pay them 100%, we'd still like to look after them to an extent that there's some something that they get uh, to safeguard themselves in terms of their livelihoods. Yeah. And eight, eight months into this, are you seeing any changes in terms of like marketing or like advertising to your customers that are becoming more permanent for the long run between now and pre-COVID? So uh, certain industries have bounced back, right? Mm-hmm. Like for example, um, I have various outlets. Um, a couple of them have reached about 40-50% of pre-COVID yeah. level revenue, which is still good. It's not that bad. Yeah, and uh, but some some areas I'm I'm still shut. I'm not even open yet because, like I said, the only IT and the tech parks are shut. Yeah, yeah. So, so my outlets there are still shut. You know, I'm not allowed to open. And uh, some places I know a couple of friends uh, in the business who are back to normalcy because, again, based on location and the product line. It's uh, something like a daily livelihood, like a daily restaurant that we where staff eat every day. Mm-hmm. So they are almost back to pre-COVID levels. Yeah, you know, you've um, how has kind of location played a role in terms of how the restaurants were impacted or like the bars were impacted in this case. So, so for example, if you look at it, like. Uh, the bigger cities have much more volume and much more denser uh, restaurants, right? Yeah, yeah. And and we and they rely on multiple businesses, so it's not just residential dining. Yeah. It's also offices. It's also tourists. It's mm-hmm. also business travelers. It's all of them, and that has come to a standstill as well, right? There's mm-hmm. uh, you know business travel is down, offices are shut, uh, uh, so. Those restaurants are impacted way, way more than, say, in a rural area. Yeah. Because in a rural area, you're more mainly relying on local diners. Yeah. So those are those are coming back to normalcy much faster. Yeah. So I think uh, we previously talking about um, location and like the tech parks and how those have sort of been impacted. Are you seeing a difference in your target audience then? between now and then like have you tried targeting different groups yes in fact uh, you know there's been a huge shift in terms of guests in terms of spending yeah. so you know, you know pub hopping is completely out of the picture mm-hmm. like earlier you know you visit a few bars in the night that's completely changed yeah. now now it's more like we step out we enter one place and we stay there Till the end of the evening or till we finish our meal. Yeah, yeah. 
And so that's one huge change. Uh, the other change is that uh, you know, people now step out for a meal and dinner because here, you know, dancing, music, DJs, nightclubs are still not allowed. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess the whole, like, environment has sort of changed a lot. And kind of speaking on that, what, like, innovation and change do you believe has to take place more of it has to take place in the hospitality industry now to like further adapt to the situation true very true it has to it has to change because like i said with tech parks you can't do anything because they are shut yeah yeah so we have to wait for them to open up but otherwise um even in the city like i said you know lunch crowd or your early evening crowd which says you know let's step out for a couple of beers yeah that's completely shut and that's that's going to take a while to recover till you know businesses and offices everything is back to normal yeah uh, till then i don't see that crowd coming in yeah it's obviously going to change a lot and what are like your predictions about the hospitality as a whole within india and then the effect of like the vaccine in the long term so um See, hospitality as as the word is hospitality right yeah it's it's a lot more with to do with human interaction mm-hmm. so and as you know we are all social animals right yeah. we can't we can't stay alone yeah it's not possible it might be for a couple of days a week or so uh, but beyond that we need to get back to socializing meeting people and that human interaction right now which is completely cut off yeah uh, is a huge downside on the hospitality industry absolutely which i see that um, over time it has to get back to normal you know like right now the hotels are literally not doing anything because no one's traveling yeah but once business is back to normal and people start traveling they will recover yeah, yeah. Um, once you know offices open bars and restaurants will reopen things will get back to normal the question here being is how long can these people hold on and sustain themselves yeah how long yeah. can they survive right because mm-hmm. uh, like i said there's no support from the government so if it was and everyone's got bills to pay everyone's got finances on ahead so uh, yeah kind of adapting to all that is going to be the vital part yeah of yeah. Uh, the next few months where many your doors will be shut yeah permanently well, like this is this is great that brings us to the end of our questions so thank you so much for this all right no worries my pleasure right. if you have any questions feel free to reach out sure i will all right thank you all right thank you so much for listening to the very final episode of my podcast I enjoyed it a lot and I hope I learned a lot and I hope you did too. If you're interested and haven't already, I'd appreciate if you could listen to my previous episodes and I'd once again like to remind you to fill out the feedback form that I've linked in the description just to give me an idea on where to improve and what you liked about it. So, thank you for thanks again for listening.